Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today I bring you Gene Zanetti. Do you get motivation, clarity, or inspiration from the Success Through Failure podcast? Then don't be so selfish. Share the motivation with your friends. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash share, and there you'll find a simple page with just three buttons. One to share the podcast on Twitter, one for Facebook, and one for LinkedIn. Click any of the buttons, and you'll have the option to either share the pre-written tweet or message or rewrite your own. That's it. Super simple. It'll just take a few seconds, unless you're selfish and you want to keep all of this awesome inspiration to yourself. Go ahead and let your friends in on the secret. They'll thank you. And if nothing else, you'll have something cool to talk about the next time you get together. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash share. Gene is the founder of a company called Winning Mindset. And he's worked with Olympic teams, with UFC fighters, with athletes of all ages. And now he and his company are working with sales teams and professionals. And so a little bit of background on Gene. First of all, I had him on the podcast way back in episode number 11. Uh, and so don't go listen to that one because I'm embarrassed about how uh, that probably sounded, how my interview skills were, how the audio was back then. Um, but like they, uh, like they say, if, you've, uh, if you're not embarrassed, embarrassed by your first iteration, then you've launched too late. But uh, anyway, uh, I did interview. And that, honestly, uh, joking aside, that was a great interview. He's, I just love the practicality that he brings to attacking with the right mindset. And so he's formerly a nationally ranked Ivy League wrestler. Uh, he has two master's degree degrees, uh, one in exercise science, one in sports psychology and clinical psychology. He a, has a background in school psychology. He's also a certified sports nutritionist and personal trainer. Um, the guy knows mindset. And we get into really practical things that you can do in you know, directly addressing what you're experiencing right now with the coronavirus crisis. And if this is sometime far in the future, or hopefully near in the future, and this whole thing is over, uh, this is relevant mindset stuff for any crisis, whether it's a, a global pandemic or whether it's something that you're just experiencing right in your personal life, whether it's in a relationship or at work, um, it will help you regardless. So Two episodes that I want to recommend that would go in tandem with this. So number one, I already told you the number, episode number 11 with Gene Zanetti um, when I interviewed him back then, but you know, years ago. Uh, but also episode 231 with Dr. Stephen Hayes. He's the most cited psychologist in the world. And the title of that episode is A Performance Psychology Hack 40 Years in the Making. Dr. Stephen Hayes shares the secret to high performance in a meaningful life. That title is not hyperbole. That title is bang on. It's, it hits the nail on the head. This guy is, he, he's a, a humble individual just trying to give away this amazing thing that he discovered, this amazing mindset and psychology for just releasing yourself from the burdens of your own mindset. Um, in the challenges that come with with you know overthinking and being a thinking and and breathing uh, beings as we are. So anyway, I'd recommend episode two thirty one to to go along with this episode, as well as my most recent 
solo episode that I recorded directly addressing the uh, just this this crisis that we're in right now and how to make the best of this. And that's been very well received. So that's episode 239. Um, actually had a chance because of that episode, we really talked directly about that. I was uh, brought on as a guest for the first ever virtual, it's called Batten Hour. It's the, the Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy at the University of Virginia, one of the top leadership schools in the country, and uh, I got to be the speaker there. So um, we talked exactly about that. So that's been a really helpful episode for a lot of leaders and individuals out there. So episode 239, so I'll give you that one as well. Now, if you feel like you need some clarity of your own, especially during this crisis, you can always schedule a free clarity call with me. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can apply for a free one-on-one clarity call with me. Without further ado, Gene Zanetti. Gene, welcome back to the show. Jim, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk together. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And uh, since we've last had you on the podcast a long, long time ago, you have, well, several years ago, you have really exploded your business. You guys are working with lots of different sports. And uh, are you guys working with sales in sales also? Yeah, we would just worked with um, AXA Financials, their um, insurance company. And that we've worked with a door-to-door pest control company, and we work with our recruiting company. So it's we have a program built out sales mindset. So the same kind of lessons that we talk about confidence, relaxing under pressure, uh, what to focus on, what not to focus on to bring out your best. It all applies to sales. Same thing with a weight loss mindset program. Everyone, people trying to lose weight, get on, get in control of their fitness goals, and it's the same thing. Mindset's mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's so relevant, right? And, and everything that I remember that I learned about mindset when I was competing, it took me a while, but I, I've you know f- you know finally uh, implemented that into my life, you know, years ago, really. But I, it, it took me a long time to get that really transition into like this is not just about sports. For me, it was wrestling, right? For us, right. it was wrestling. But it's it's not just about one sport it's about it can be applied to any sport it can be applied to anything in life right whether you're where whether it's sales or losing weight or relationships or getting to the next level in in your career conversations with your boss interviewing all of this it's all relevant and i just really believe that there's there's nothing more powerful and, and more effective in finding success in dealing with failure than mindset Oh, yeah. And Jim, you nailed it there. You have to know your purpose in life. You need to have a very strong why. And our why for winning mindset has always been to use sports as a vehicle to build virtue, right? To make it, to learn mental skills for life. And if we were dealing with someone with weight loss or with sales, it'd be the same thing. Using that specific area to build virtue and mental skills for life. Because you're right, there's, there's, there's no difference in any area of life that we're, that we're speaking about. And especially now with the whole corona thing going on, right. how much more important is positivity, resiliency, and the ability to see opportunity during adversity, right? During times like this where the market fluctuates, anytime there's a depression, war, anytime, there, anytime there's massive adversity, there's some people that always crash. And it's not always through any fault of their own. But there's also companies, businesses, and people who start to flourish and really jump levels. And it's because they see the opportunity during that adversity. So it's, it's our hope, I know, as self-improvement people, that your listeners, the people that, that are tuning in, that they use this as an opportunity to get structured, to get organized, to improve in different areas. And like we say, mindset is one of the big areas you could really improve right now that you have some extra time. That, absolutely, right? You know, 
a lot of people do have extra time. And if you don't have extra time, it's your time is certainly shifted. A lot of folks, uh, some people are busier, right? They're just, right. you know, certainly in, in the healthcare industry and whatnot, you know, some of those folks are obviously way busier, but there, there are a majority of listeners, their time has shifted, right? They're, the structure right. of their day has shifted and you get to choose how you spend that. You can, you know, you can sleep in, you can eat bonbons, you can, you know, read the 18th article on coronavirus that you, right. you know, that right. you've read in the, in the past day, or you can, you can focus on building your mindset. And, and so how do we do that? So what do we, I, I want to go back to just the, you know, kind of jotted this quick, yeah. quickly down. You said what to focus on and what not to focus on, right? Cause that's the biggest thing about mindset, I think, is, is what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on, what you choose to focus on. And so many people right. right now are focusing on only one side. And listen, we have to focus on the negative or if you want to call it the right. challenge, right? There, there are certain things that we just have to be best aware of. We have to be sure. educated. We have to be yeah, best practices. We want to be kept up. We want to, on the news and whatnot. But a lot of folks are focusing only on that. What else can we focus on? You nailed it before there, Jim, where you said how with us, with our wrestling careers, and for a lot of wrestlers, not just wrestling, but all sports and people in general, we learn from the school of hard knocks, <laughs> like the, the, um, the mindset lessons, the virtues. A lot of times we didn't learn it while we were in the weeds, while we were competing. We learned it after the fact or over time. And the reason why I get so excited about our mindset program is we could give these kind of lessons to people while they're young, while they're kids direct work on their mindset. Like we learned from experience. We, okay, you know, we made the same mistake over and over again. And finally we say, man, I got to learn from this, right? But it's the wise person who learns from other people's mistakes, right? That's why someone would see, that's why someone would see a mindset coach or a nutritionist or a strength coach. So they don't have to make this, the mistakes before they proactively handle those different areas of life, right? Same thing, same thing with mindset. So this, to me, this whole situation we're in seems a lot like our injury recovery uh, series. We have a whole se- so we break mindset down into about 11 different mental muscles. And one of our specialty muscles that we have there is injury recovery. And I call it specialty because not all athletes have a serious injury during their career. But the reason why this time is similar to that is an opportunity has been taken away from you. You're not capable. Right, through of no fault of your own. Right, right. right. And, and now you have to adjust. And you have to adjust to something that appears to be a negative situation. Of course, it is negative, but negative in the sense here that we can't do what we normally do. So the first thing we have, like I said, it's all very practical, down-to-earth mindset training. Okay, this is not motivational speaking, counseling, or therapy. I love all those things. Uh, I follow a lot of motivational speakers on Instagram. Of course, I love counseling and therapy. I'm a school psychologist. But we want to make this very practical and simple. I want everyone to look at mindset training, what we do as strength training for the mind. Like a strength coach would take a team or an individual through a series of exercises to work directly both on their weaknesses to, to get them to improve in those areas and also on their strengths to take what they are doing well and bring that to the next level. We do the same thing with mindset. And just like there's different physical muscles in the body, there's different mental muscles in the mind. So everyone could be very physically strong in one area and very physically weak in another area. Same thing mentally. You could be very mentally strong in one mental muscle and you could be relatively mentally weak in another mental muscle. So in this situation, we're talking about, um, when we say injury recovery, in other words, dealing with adversity. When I was a personal trainer, 
uh, I would ask people, okay, when were when was the last time you were consistent with your eating or with your exercise? And almost everyone at some point in time was consistent with their exercise or their nutrition. And then I say, okay, well, what changed? And almost everyone says the same thing. A change in their schedule. Maybe they change jobs. Maybe they, um, you know, some kind of life event with wrestlers. A lot of times it's the transition from the season to now the season ends or from the school year into the summer or from the summer into the new school year or from the new school year into wrestling season. So anytime there's a change in schedule, you need to update your action plan. So step one, I tell everyone is you need to write down what are the important areas? What are the areas you're looking to improve? And you need to make a very specific and concrete action plan. That is a mental exercise. That's not physical. That's taking the time to map it out. So as an athlete, you would break it down into mindset. What am I doing with my mindset on a regular basis? That's why we recommend doing the weekly phone calls with us, right? The individuals do the weekly phone call with us. The teams do a weekly um, Skype or Zoom meeting with us. Uh, technique, how are you improving your technique? What, what situations are you working on? How many reps? How many minutes? Very specific. It's got to be numerical. Otherwise, it's not really an action plan. At the end of the week, you need to be able to say either I did this or I didn't do it, black or white, right? What's your strength training plan? What's your cardio plan? Plyometrics, nutrition, tendon strength, mobility, stability. So right off the bat, that's like, that's eight different dimensions I just rattled off at the top of my head. So <laughs> there's a lot you could be improving on during this time. And right. most, most athletes are not writing down that action plan or even realizing there's, there's all those different aspects to improve as a wrestler. Well, if someone in someone's career, you would just apply that same strategy to their career, break it down into the different areas. And how can you improve numerically? How many minutes, how many repetitions and how many days a week? And I, I know that a lot of my clients and a lot of my listeners right now, they go through their day going a hundred miles an hour and they get a hundred things done and they're busy, busy, busy all day. But at the end of the day, they feel like, you know, did I even really move the needle? Right? So you're talking about creating this structure. And, and I actually find this too for myself. Whenever I, I may do the same things, throughout a day where I actually think it through and plan it out and, and I look at my list and at the end of the day, I go, oh, these are the 20 things that I did today. If I didn't have that list, uh, I may have done the same 20 things, not likely if I didn't have a, a great structure around it. But, but if you have that structure, you put that structure in place, I feel like it creates a confidence in knowing that you did the right things and that you are prepared and that you did move the needle versus just reacting and responding and in working, working, working without a real purpose behind it, without a real structure behind it, without a real strategy behind it. You're moving, you're working hard, but you're not really advancing the ball um, versus just the confidence that you have that you know that you advanced the ball. You know that you worked on the right things because you had a plan in place. Is that right? Absolutely. And that's, that's exactly the benefit of having a mental coach right? A mindset coach, because they're making sure you're prioritizing the right things. Remember, being busy is not the same thing as being productive. You could do a lot and not accomplish a lot of things either, right? If we're just answering emails, anything that comes, anything that pops up our way, we're doing it, you're busy, but how productive were you, right? So we need to be able to separate what's important versus, versus what's urgent. And those aren't always the same thing. Sometimes it is the same thing, but it's not always the same thing. So like a, an example, like self-improvement, it might not be an urgent thing in your mind. Oh, there's other things you have to do. This task came up. You got to do this, right? But it certainly is an important thing. And when people don't take the time to improve themselves, 
that's what that's when long term they suffer. So separating the difference between important and urgent, that coach can help you do that. And as I say many times, the most important thing is to make the most important thing the most important thing. <laughs> right. So, right. So yeah, go ahead. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, like right now, people have, you know, you have a fire burning at your feet. You have to put that fire out now, right? It's, a, it's an email that you have to send out. It's an invoice that you have to send or an invoice you have to pay. It's a fire burning at your feet. That's urgent. But building your mindset is important, but it's not urgent. But that makes it easy to kick the can down the road. And now we're at a time where, you know, there, there, there's maybe some space in your schedule can you work on the important stuff that's not urgent, but it, but it's, but it's really important, and you just haven't gotten to it, right? Whether it's just that thing that's on your been on your to do list for a long time, or building skills. I, I've I've had a, a tab pulled up on my uh, on my browser here for like the last several days. Uh, Four hundred and fifty Ivy League courses that are free. Four hundred and fifty yeah. Ivy League courses for free, and and this guy like you know he posted all of these and, you know, accumulated, put them all, you know, aggregated them into one page for the benefit of the world, right? For the benefit of of people going, Hey, you know, I have some time. And so right now, if you have time, you have no excuse not to build skills. And there are skills in like classes in, in marketing and business and data science and computer science and you name it, there's a course for you. So, so I encourage people to like, think of it that way. Like what is your important work that that you may have some bandwidth to work on right now and i would absolutely 100% argue that mindset work is one of those absolutely and my, one of my biggest fears during this period of time is god willing this blows over and things shift back to normal soon but my big fear would be we get back to normal and there's a lot of people who are saying man i should have done more right. with that time that i had and I don't want because to now I'm busy to, again. Right, exactly. They had some time. A lot of people are talking about being bored or being, you know, lazy. Those kind of things. And it's, man, we get back to normalcy, God willing. And then I could have done more. I could have used that time to get better. So that's why both of us are fired up about this. We say, that's right. do more. Take the time to get better. We get it. People still are busy. There's still priorities that you have to do. But make the time to do those things that are important, but that aren't necessarily urgent. Absolutely. What about people who are frozen with fear or anxiety? They just feel stuck, right? You know, I think a lot of folks generally feel stuck if they're not really working on their mindset in general, and they're not really honed in on, on a clear, clear goals and, you know, have their purpose defined and clear goals and clear action items and action plan for their life. But now this this exacerbates it, right? It's like there's people who are frozen by fear and some of it's, it's straight up legitimate fear. They have lost their job. Uh, one of my clients had to lay off 250 people, 250 people. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of the, you know, those 250 people, they are, right. there's fear, right? And so how do, you, how do you talk to that person who, who has fear and some of it's perceived? Uh, I think a lot, a lot of times it's, it's more perceived than, than reality. But how, that person who, lost their job or they have a loved one who's ill or they're, they're fearful for a loved one who uh, is really, really high risk. And I know a couple of those folks right now and like, if they get, they get this thing, it's, it's not going to be good. And so how do you talk to those folks who are living with that fear, living with that anxiety and 
and they're they're paralyzed. Yeah. Well, there's so there's a surface level answer, and there's also a deeper level answer, and they're and they're Let's both. both. So yeah. So the, the the surface level answer is you, you want to really. I think writing things down is so important because you take this abstract theoretical concept yeah. of mindset and you right. actually put it to paper. So what I would do is write down on paper what what is within your control at this time and what is not in control and what is not directly in your control at this time. And when you have that, then you could look at it and you could start to weigh things a little bit more rationally, right? If it's in your head, we all have the tendency to make a mountain out of a molehill. All of us that have that tendency, especially with fear. Remember right. what fear stands for, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, right? So yeah. fear is by nature irrational. And not all the time, but there's always some element, but it could easily jump to irrational. We'll put it that way. Sure. So getting a grip of things with mindset training, we say, putting it down on paper, what's directly in your control, what's not in your control, and then actually have a plan for how will you, how will you improve the different areas you could control, and what are some different ways that you could think about the areas that you don't have control over? So what are some ways that you could mentally cope with that? Is there any way you could physically cope? Probably not because you don't have control over it, but how could you, how could you look at the situation a little bit differently? So that's, that's the surface level answer, which is very important. Then, and then there's the deeper level of it when we talk about mental toughness. And one of the most important lessons that we bring to people in mental toughness, you look at the great warriors of all time, the Spartans, the samurai, the U.S. military, you know, the, the Aztecs, what, what do they all have in common, right? As athletes, we like to look at ourselves as warriors. So what do the great warriors have in common? Number one, they know what they believe. And two, they're willing to die for it. Right. So again, we're using an extreme situation to bring about a point. Right. So their life is on the line when they're going into battle. So how do you overcome that fear of death or if not overcome the fear of death to be able to proceed with the fear? Right. So that's the extreme situation. So how do they deal with it? If they're able to deal with that, if they have strategies, we could learn from them what they do. And that fear of death that's directly related to their ability to the first point that I made is they know who they are. They know what they believe. And that's why ultimately we could talk about a lot of different uh, mental strategies and mental skills, but it all proceeds from our ultimate questions. What is it that we actually believe about the world, about life, about God? And a lot of times we sweep that under the rug and we try to, I don't, I don't know why, maybe we, we like to feel like, well, we're the ones in control. But until we answer those ultimate questions, it's hard to move forward from there. But if I'm rock solid on those answers and I've done the research, not, you don't want to just you know, off the top of your head, well, what do I believe? Really do your homework. Think about it. What is the world about? Not just the, the little gimmicks and jingles that people say, but is there a God? What is, you know, what's the point of it all? What's the point? If we don't answer those questions and we don't have a solid metaphysical foundation for what we believe, we're always going to be leaving ourselves open to some kind of danger and to, you know, being illogical and irrational. So if you're rock solid in that foundation, then when adversity hits, you could push forward. That's what the most successful, the greatest warriors have in common. That's right. It's so fascinating that you said that. I just had a conversation with one of my clients who wrapped up, who just finished my coaching program. And, and we were talking about just the experience. And he said, oh, I got, I got my value the week, the first week, the very first week. Week one out of nine weeks. And what we do really early on is we work on exact, exactly, yeah, like figuring out what do you value? Like, who are you? Like, I like to ask the question, you know, who are you without your job title or salary? I, I've actually taken that a level deeper with clients 
in the last month or a couple of months and asking them like, really, like imagine that you were stripped out of your home and your community and even your country and you were put in a refugee camp somewhere. Like, who are you then? Like, right. what do you stand for then? Because if you strip everything away, not just your job title and salary, but your, your country, your home, your community, your neighborhood, all of that, if you strip all of that away, like, who are you? And, and if, you, if you clearly know who you are and what you stand for, like, these challenges, right. while, while, while they suck, it doesn't change who you are and you have an identity right. that you carry with you. So let Absolutely. me ask you this, Gene, for the per- person who's listening saying, okay, like I haven't done that work yet. Certainly, you know, they can hire me, they can hire you, right? But for the person who wants to get started in that, like they want to know who they are. They want to know their yeah. purpose. They want to know what, what they truly value and the, the core principles and core values that they should hold, that they hold most dear, but they haven't really identified and done, like you said, the research and the work. Where do they start after this podcast is done? When, when, this is, when they hit stop on this podcast, when they're done with their commute, done with their workout, done doing whatever they're doing, what do they do? I think the clear answer there is we, we have to get back to what is truth? What is reality? These ultimate questions are going to drive every single action and every behavior that we take, right? So in the self-help world, and I've, I've heard a lot about this kind of stuff, we're more like, hey, we make up our own purpose, right? What's your purpose? What's my purpose? And, 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 then, I could, and then I say what I think that is for me. The first question that you have to begin with is what is right? What actually is, what actually exists. Before we talk about me, I have to see, is there an objective reality in the world outside of me? And that's why the first question you have to start with is God, does God exist? And people don't ask, ask that question. Then what happens is that, that makes the reason why that makes such a big difference. It's because if God is the end of, if he is the true end, that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're supposed to be aiming for. I'm going to live my life a certain way. If I am the end, if God doesn't exist, I'm going to live a radically different way. So I'm not making an argument for or against. I'm saying you have to be clear on that question because yeah, honestly, no, you're right. Absolutely. all the controversial That's issues. The first fork in the road. Yeah. All the controversial issues, all of politics, economy, like it, the first step is you have to see what is, what is, is there an objective reality outside of myself? And if there is, you're going to live your life very different. So that's why to me, Religion is always the primary question, right? The economy is tertiary. That's third. Politics is second, but it starts off with, does God exist? And then has he revealed himself? And how has he revealed himself? You have to ask those big questions. And a lot of times we like to sweep that under the rug and just say, hey, what's your purpose? It's like, I got to be a good person, provide for my family, to leave a legacy. That's great. But you have to yeah, recognize those are nice that. Things. Those are, and that, that's fine. It's good to shoot for that. But those are subjective answers. Okay. Absolutely. And if God does exist, which a lot of people claim, uh, a lot of people say they believe, then we have to be open to the fact that there might be a purpose that we need to conform to, as opposed to us bending the world to our likes and to our wishes. Right. And so for the person listening, who's saying, okay, you know, how do I get help answering that question? You know, talk to somebody, right? Talk to somebody, go, go talk to a pastor, your pastor, or if you don't have a pastor, uh, there's a lot of pastors who would be willing to talk to you. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of folks who are, are believers that, you know, ask the hard questions. Intellectual, ask, right. Right. Intellectual honesty. Th- this day and age, I feel like the only thing you could really ask for people is intellectual honesty. So few people are really willing to dialogue and ask intellectually honest questions 
and, and really then be honest with yourself. What, like, what did I learn? What are the pros and what are the cons? The only reason why I think anyone should believe anything is because you were convinced that it's true. Now that doesn't mean you have 100% evidence or you, you know, but it does mean you're, it's more likely than not true in your mind. So ask the hard, so what you would do is, uh, so if you were going to start with the question about God, you would say, okay, what are the best arguments against God? And be very honest, right? And then you would ask the opposite. What are the best arguments for God? Like that's what I did when I was getting deeper in my faith. I, I learned about the, the five proofs from Thomas Aquinas, talking about the existence of God and metaphysical reality, the argument for con- contingency, causation, those things. And I would listen to that viewpoint and I would listen to the devil's advocate viewpoint. I would say, okay, what's more likely to be true? And that's how you weigh things out. But just ask the hard questions of both the believers and unbelievers. And the other thing is you want to make sure you get someone who actually has studied the topic, not sure. just ask anyone, because a lot of people don't really know why they believe. And I get it. That's not necessarily for everyone. Not everyone's as interested in those ultimate questions, though they should be. But some people clearly know more than others. Ask difficult questions of people who believe both for and against, and then you weigh the evidence on your own. But it all starts there. If you don't have the answer to that, that's going to throw off your politics, your idea about the economy, and just goals in general. Yeah, yeah, that's the, you're right. That's just the first fork in the road. And yeah, have the conversations with both sides and educate yourself. And, and if you need to, you can start writing things down. I'm a big fan of journaling. I'm a big fan of what I call self-coaching, which is literally having a conversation, having both sides of a conversation out loud, like hearing yourself answer a question and then ask yourself the next logical question, the next follow-up question after that. And then, you know, forcing yourself to respond and answer that question out loud. It just, uh, um, I'm a big fan of that. That's a great place to start for everybody listening. Absolutely. Gene, we talked about, you, you mentioned 11 mental muscles and we, we talked about one of them. Are there any others that would be relevant for what we're going through right now? Oh, yeah. uh, any specific, you know, one or two others that you can kind of touch on that would be relevant for us right now? Oh, oh yeah. We just hit on uh, mental toughness. That's one of the, so that's one of the like six or seven lessons we have, like knowing who you are, knowing what you believe, right? And what is, right? So that's, that's one of the mental muscles. Just to give you an idea of what we have, we do with all of our clients, we have them fill out a mindset checklist where we can evaluate their strengths and their weaknesses across these different domains, right? So our eight main mental muscles that we have are goal setting, mental toughness, and motivation. That's, that's what I consider phase one, foundation level mindset right? They tend to cluster together. Not always, but they tend to cluster together. Goal setting, mental toughness, motivation. And then there's the peak performance, which, is, which tends to cluster together. That's phase two. And that's related to pre- staying in the present moment, relaxing under pressure, confidence, clarity, and aggressiveness. They tend to cluster together also, though not, not perfectly, but sure. there's, you know, you, you tend to, a lot of times you see an athlete who's super prepared, they do everything right, they're working hard, but maybe they, they don't, Peak performance-wise, they don't know how to get the most out of themselves in a competition, right? Or you yeah. see the opposite. You see someone who's, you know, they're a show pony. They know how to bring it on game day, but they're, they're not living the best way they could be to support their goal. Right. You know, I think, does mindfulness play a, a factor in this? Because I think, sure. you know, I see a lot of folks, I, I think of peak, peak performance for my listeners yeah. as like a daily thing, really. I mean, right. it's like every day you have to show up at work and not every day you have to make you know, a big sales presentation or you have to talk, you know, have this, this big proposal for your boss or a job interview. Right. But it's a, it's a, a daily thing. You have to have this, Absolutely. this daily peak performance and peak performance routines and peak performance mindset to 
Show up, be productive, be present for your family when you're home, uh, catch yourself when you're starting to make excuses about why you can skip your workout today or why you can dive into Twitter for a little while, you know, instead of being productive and moving, you know, doing the things that are going to get you towards that ideal life that you want, that those goals. Do you have to be aware? And if so, how do you, you know, meditation is, is, is popular in terms of, you know, I do that and, you know, I do a lot of journaling. And those two things between meditation and journaling, I, I think they really help me with my mindset and my awareness and catching myself. What do you recommend in terms of helping people be aware of the thoughts that they're thinking and catching themselves? Yeah. Uh, so that sounds like, so when you say mindfulness, it's, um, that's a big part of us being in the present moment. That's that series, that mental right. muscle being in the present moment, how to deal with distractions, um, how to deal with factors that are outside of your control. And then the other thing kind of hit on there, I grouped that in goal setting, which is action planning, knowing exactly what we, we hit on before knowing exactly what you're doing and how you're going to improve in those areas and then setting up rewards and punishments for yourself. So the best, most successful people, they're very good at policing themselves. They don't need to be told what to do. They're already a hard coach on themselves. I mean, they, they still have coaches, but, but they're good at, you know, they reward their good behavior. They punish their own bad behavior kind of on their own. Right. So that's, that's what we recommend for you have an action plan concrete specific action plan and all the areas you're trying to improve. And at the end of the week, if you did it, you give yourself some kind of positive reward or there's some kind of punishment. Maybe you're not, you know, you don't get to watch TV on, you know, that night or something, or you have to be off social media for a few days. You try to pick something realistic that you could actually follow. Yeah. Dr. Gilbert of the success hotline calls it instant negative feedback. I know you're a fan of Dr. Gilbert. Oh, yeah. His great example. And I love this is, you know, we all know that smoking cigarettes is bad. And for the person trying to, to quit smoking, it's hard to quit smoking because if you smoke a cigarette now, you don't get cancer for like 30, 40 years. Right. But right. if you got cancer in 10 minutes, like nobody would smoke, right. It would just right. be instant. And so his, his solution for that is he say, he's you know, write a check for $2,000 and address it to, you know, you and I are into sports, right? So it's like yeah. you pick the, the university and the, the sports team that you, you absolutely hate. <laughs> hate the most, right? And he's like, I will take that check. I, I'm going to put it in an envelope and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to write it out. And I'm going to stamp it. And, and you call me every day and tell me that you did the thing that you said that you were going to do consistently. And the day that you don't, I'm going to mail that $2,000 check, <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, you can, you can do that for yourself. You can do it for yourself. Write a check out for make it whatever realistic amount that you would actually do it, right? $25 or something like that to, to or $100, right? Whatever that number is that you would actually actually follow through on it, right? Put it in yeah. an envelope, put a stamp on it. And in the day that you don't do the thing you said you were going to do, drop it in the mail. There it goes. There's instant negative feedback. Create that feedback loop, right? Whether it's, right. you know, not watching TV or not doing the thing that, you know, either, either reward yourself if you do it or, or, or take away that reward if, if you don't do it. So police yourself. Absolutely. And again, putting the pen to paper and actually writing out what are the biggest things that tend to distract you? What are the biggest things that tend to hold you back? And, and why it's great to put it on paper is you realize it's not a whole lot. It tends you, everyone has the same go-tos that are our biggest distractions or our biggest reasons for making an excuse. When you see it on paper, then you could put down on paper how you're gonna how you're gonna deal with those kind of distractions or those time wasters. Like you said, if it is social media, having a plan, saying I'm gonna do this for X amount of time a day, and then I put it down. Like social media, video games, uh, TV, they're not bad in and of themselves. Right. But you have to control them. They can't control you. 
And for a lot of us, I mean, that's the whole thing with uh, being addicted. And we're all addicts and slaves to some point, to, to some extent, to something. And we have to be honest with ourselves that we have to control it. If it's controlling us, we're addicts, we're slaves. That's what it is. A free person can feel a certain way and say, no, that's what separates us from animals, right? Animals can't do yeah. that. Human, humans can do it. So the point is, it's not a put down to anyone. It's all of us need to take control of ourselves. We need to be honest. What areas, what uh, different dimensions or things tend to slow us down? What distracts us? Put it down on paper and then come up with a concrete, practical, realistic plan that you could use to uh, deal with that. And especially if um, you're, you know, you're around family now, let them know what the action plan is too, so they can help you get there. And I love to use little tactics to identify those friction points. And I was talking with a client this morning, you know, we were talking about the going down the rabbit hole of social media, especially in the news cycle these days with all the coronavirus stuff. And, you know, I said, you know, the way I've, I've tackled this because I've been thumbing through Twitter, oh, you know, for way yeah. too long. And the way I've broken that is I've got a couple, two email newsletters that I subscribe to. They give me a succinct yes. recap of the news. And then I've got a five minute podcast that I listen to. It gives me a succinct wrap up of the news and, and that's it. Now I'm like, I've got my fix. It's finite. You know, social media is infinite. This, these are two finite, three finite sources. Uh, so identify those, those challenges that you have. And then like you're saying, Gene, create a plan. Like this is a super ridiculously easy right. plan for me. Right. And I implemented it and boom, I, I've got, you know, a half an hour back a day of my life. And right. that's invaluable. Absolutely. So have, writing out that plan and then like one of the, one of the things we tell our athletes is don't focus on box scores, box scores, records, rankings, seedings, predictions. A lot of athletes have the temptation. They want to look at the newspaper. They want to look sure. at the websites to see the rankings or you look at even social media, kind of seeing what people are saying about you. Yep. Like now these high school kids, they're basically mini celebrities because they put out a post, they get thousands of likes and all right. these comments. So you know, just as humans, we're tempted to see what are people saying about us? What am I ranked? What did my opponents do? Right? So what we tell them is don't focus on all that stuff. So, okay, that's good. Now you need some kind of replacement behavior. Yeah. What do okay, I so, focus on? Exactly. So if you're used to going on, if an athlete's used to going on, on the internet, certain websites to see what they're ranked, you need to come up with other websites that you're going to look at in place of that other things that are going to put positive information into your head. We're looking at the newspaper. Instead of reading the newspaper for so long, you know what you're going to be you know, looking at. Have something else you're going to be looking at at that time. Otherwise, what happens is it's very difficult for us as humans to just say, I'm going to stop doing this. Usually, it's a transition period. I'm going from this behavior into that behavior, which is why a lot of times you see people who are, you know, like people who are struggling with certain addictions, they might be not doing those addictions, but now they're you know, um, smoking cigarettes or, or drinking coffee like it's going out of style. Right. <laughs> so now it's like we've just moved from one to the next. So whatever you whatever you latch on to on top of that, you want to make sure it's something that's going to help you. Right. And right. ultimately, even then, anything, anything could be a source of addiction if it's taken to the extreme. So you still have to work on that the mental muscle of discipline. Gene, thanks so much, man. This has been extremely helpful, uh, extremely practical for us, especially in this time. And for the listener, this is these are all topics and tactics and strategies to help you deal with not just adversity, but also failure, right? And the difference there is, you know, adversity is outside of our control. The failure is, you know, the failure to do something, right? And, you know, you have a plan now, you have ideas, you have tactics that you can move forward on now. 
and and listen, you're going to try things, you're going to move forward, you're going to fail. But if you if you go back to that that conversation, part of the conversation we had today about knowing who you are and knowing your purpose and, and right. your values and your principles, that's the foundation of helping you through failure. And right. that's also the foundation of helping you mentally cope with failure whenever, you know, so I guess I should say the next level of that is like he talked about, Gene talked about creating the action plan, writing it down and having a plan of action that also helps you deal with yesterday's failure or last month or last year's failure. So I encourage you to take action on this stuff. And Gene, I want to put you on the spot for one or two action items that the listener can do here in the next 24 to 48 hours, because we talked a lot about a lot of great stuff here. What can they do next? One, get a coach. It always starts there. What all Olympians have in common is they all have a coach, (laughs) right? So get that mindset coach. Now more than ever, we need to be, you need to be working on building more positive positivity resiliency and, and seeing adversity during or seeing opportunity during adversity. It's we can, can you do it on your own? Yes, but you're going to do a much better job if you have someone else, especially an expert who's, who's actually spent you know, their life studying these success principles. Um, you're just going to get there a lot quicker. That's one thing. And then practically that you could do is write out an action plan. I know we hit on that several times already, but most people do not even have an action plan to update during um, a change of schedule. So first thing, have the action plan. If you already had an action plan uh, before we all got locked in, basically, um, update that action plan now and get to work on it immediately. And then just a bonus one would be, just like we said, Jim, is make sure all of you write down what are your biggest time wasters, distractions, things that pull you from your action plan, and write out how you will deal with each one of those. Fantastic. Fantastic action plans. Thank you so much, Gene. For the listeners who want to check you out, where can they find you, follow you, et cetera? It's zwinningmindset.com. And also our, our, our Instagram, zwinningmindset. There we have a link tree. And on our link tree, that's, um, it's been real helpful. I've, I've seen it's basically a one-stop shop of our website, our podcast, our YouTube page, a sample presentation. It's all right there on the link tree. For the listener, you always know that you can find all this information and in, in all the, the summary and the, the best quotes and links, et cetera, from this episode and all the episodes at jimharshawjr.com slash action. Gene, thank you for making time to come on the show. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thanks for having me. Always, always a pleasure doing this. Yeah, likewise. And for the listener, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. 